My name's Chris. This is uh, the One Great Work Network. I'm streaming live. Very excited to be here today to share with you my presentation called The Mind Control Spell. This is my premiere episode opportunity to share my work live on the One Great Work Network. Thanks to the hard work and dedication of Mark Passio, who is an inspiration to me. And um, his uh, work and actions in this world have changed my life drastically. So I'm very proud to be here today sharing with you um, some information that I've been working on. And, I'm, and I also want to thank my producer today, Will Keller, who's behind the scenes getting the connections happening. So I'm streaming live on Twitch and live on the One Great Work Network. You can check out more of my work on nevil.life. I highly recommend clicking on my tab and checking out the End Evil video presentation series where I sort of break down a whole step-by-step uh, -step communication to people about what's going on around us in the world and some of the problems that need to be dealt with, to dealt with, you know, the problem of evil. So... Let me just give you my little introduction. My website is called endevil.life. End Evil show is dedicated to ending evil whenever and wherever possible. What is evil? Evil is the destruction of freedom. If you love freedom, if you search diligently for truth, then this is a good show for you. Together we can employ our imagination and creativity in order to work towards a world without evil. But the first thing that needs to go is the religion of authority. This show's inspired by the work of Mark Passio on what on earth is happening.com and The End of All Evil by Jeremy Locke, an awesome book. You can get yourself, it's very easy to find it. Just type in The End of All Evil and you'll find a free download. So today's presentation is called The Mind Control Spell. And it's my attempt to explain what's going on around us. Many of us, even those of us who that have fallen the area, following the areas of conspiracy for many years, are still confused and baffled by the extent of trickery and uh, complete, utter misunderstanding of reality from people around us. And it's very frustrating for us to go out in the world and see the situation unfolding and even even those of us that were expecting something like this find ourselves surprised so the mind control spell is my attempt to explain how this could have come about and to share with you my listeners uh my interpretation of how humans got trapped in this mind control spell so i'm going to break down some of the facets some of the different factors that are that are going on around us that put people in a spell. And most of us are in some type of mind control. As hard as that is for some folks to accept, that is the case. And how does that happen? Well, it happens in a lot of ways. There are so many factors happening, it's hard to um, wrap it all up. But I'm going to do one hour show tonight and do my best, in my words, to explain to you how it's all working or not working and 
a little bit about what we can do about it. A big part of doing something about this situation is understanding it, getting to the root of the problem. So, let me start off my little intro. The mind control spell is a difficult topic. Most folks really don't want to accept that they've been tricked or that they're wrapped up in a difficult situation. But that is the case. We are in a difficult situation and we are wrapped up in a spell. So if you look at this little meme I'm sharing here, on slide one, you see where it says, if you're this stupid, stay home forever. This is pretty offensive for some folks. I recognize that. But that's partly why I started off with this slide. If this slide offends you, I'm sorry to hear that. But you're not, maybe you're not ready for this presentation. Maybe you should go back and study a little bit about natural law. And I would highly recommend checking out Mark Passio's work on natural law. And there's there's a good there's a good presentation you could watch on that subject. So the words you see on the bottom of the slide, the new normal, are some words that are being tossed around. And words are a big part of this spell that we're in. Words have a significant impact on reality, and that is something that's very hard for many folks to recognize. But the new normal is a good example of why this is. Think about the word normal and the way we would have used this word previous to 2020. Previous to 2020, the word normal just meant everything's as it as it is normally everywhere else. If you took your car into the shop and you say, how's it running? And the mechanic says, oh, it's normal. Or you went to the doctor and they say, well, it looks like your blood pressure is normal. That would just mean that about the same as anybody else, your age, weight, and size. So what is the new normal? When you put these two words together, we get this strange twist that has to do with the context. And in the context of 2020... New normal has a whole new meaning. So this is something we're going to come back to and, and later in this presentation. And for now, I'm going to move on to my next slide. If you haven't ever looked into the Kybalion, it's a very exciting and interesting book which shares the Hermetic Principles. The Hermetic Principles are a way of understanding reality and the world around us. Polarity is one of these principles. Principles are tools we can use for leverage in this world. The mind controllers of this world well understand these principles, these hermetic principles. They understand natural law, and they use these principles against the average human being to enslave people, to mind control people. That's a very, very small percentage of the world who are the elite that understand these things. So as we come to understand 
principles like polarity, then we can begin to decode the mind control and we're no longer victims. We're no longer slaves as we become more free. So let's read this uh, little, little piece from the Kabbalion about polarity. Everything is dual. Everything has poles. Everything has its pair of opposites. Like and unlike are the same. Opposites are identical in nature, but different in degree. Extremes meet. All truths are but half-truths. All paradoxes may be reconciled. This is an important concept to understand when we're looking into mind control, because often two things that seem completely opposite have very similar aspects to them. And this is part of how trickery works. Through using words and half-truths to get people to believe a thing that's actually not the case. So let's look at the zero card of the tarot, the fool card. This is a good example of polarity, right? On the left, we see some descriptions of what we might think of when we deal out the fool card. And on the right, we see sort of the negative connotations. I guess left or right depends on how you're looking at it. But on the one side, we see the words beginnings, freedom, innocence, originality, adventure, idealism, and spontaneity. These are the positive aspects. And then on the other side, we see the negative aspects, reckless, careless, distracted, naive, foolish, gullible, stale, or dull. So this is a good example of how one idea can have two opposing polarities to it. So the fool represents being new, um, being an open-minded, learning like a new human being into this world. You see the young man heading out near a cliff into the sunny day with the waves crashing nearby. This represents opportunity. This represents originality. And if we have an open mind, we can discover things. So with this type of mind, we can take in information like a child does and learn. However, on the other end of the scale, we can also become reckless or careless or distracted. I think at times we're all fools in this life experience. We all sometimes are uh, new to things. We come across information we've never discovered before. We come across ideas we've never heard before. And we're forced to be the fool, to start from zero. And the question is, what type of fool do you want to be? Do you want to be the type of fool who's an adventurous and idealist? Or do you want to be the type of fool who's a gullible and careless and reckless? Well, 2020 is a good testing ground for what type of fool that you want to be. And around us, we see many people that are being naive, that are being gullible, 
and reckless and careless. And this has to do with how we react to things, how we take in information, and what we do about that information. Now I'm going to share with you a quote. This is a quote from Aldous Huxley. Well, it's from his book, A Brave New World. Aldous Huxley's book, Brave New World, describes people being born in test tubes and raised with this, these listening to these recordings over and over, repeating, repeating, telling them what to think and how to be. It says, one believes things because one has been conditioned to believe them. I picked this out especially because of the word conditioned. Conditioning is a big part of how mind control works. Many of us don't recognize that we spent a lot of our lives becoming conditioned, but there are so many factors around us that have conditioned us to the point where people will accept lies as truth. And that is the toughest part for people to swallow. One good example of conditioning. I recently met somebody who ran a marathon. A marathon is, I believe, 26 miles. Kind of blew my mind. I'm trying to imagine myself running 26 miles without stopping, or even with stopping a little bit. It still seems out of reach. When you ask somebody who runs a marathon, how do they run a marathon, they'll tell you by conditioning themselves. They don't start running that long all at once. It happens little by little. They run a few miles one day, a few more the next day, and they work themselves up to the point when they can run 26 miles. So conditioning is the slow process of preparing ourselves to be willing to accept the thing. So when we look into the idea of people controlling the minds of the mass public, it has a lot to do with conditioning. And that is how it works. Let's get a little deeper into some of the ways in which humans on Earth have been conditioned to accept lies. This slide says, energy flows where attention goes. I love rhymes. But this particular rhyme makes a really good point. Wherever we put our attention is also where we put our energy. Here's a good little test you can do right now. Pick out two things in the room around you and try to look at them both at the exact same time. It's basically impossible. As humans, we have to focus on one thing at a time. The whole concept of multitasking is a little bit silly because really you can only do one thing at a time. Yeah, you can switch back quickly between two things. Like me sitting here trying to quick, quickly go back and forth between my slides and think about what I'm going to say next. But in actuality, we can only pay attention to one thing at a time. Now the mind controllers of this world, the elite rulers of this world, those who choose to inflict slavery on their other human beings, understand this concept. And they're doing a very excellent job of keeping people's attention on what they want people's attention to be on. 
So if you're watching the regular news channels or you're looking at the billboards or listening to the radio stations, you're going to be hearing the same type of messages shouting out, almost like 1984, where the same face is on every screen. And it's become even more obvious in the last year as everywhere we go, we see these warnings and signs about COVID or about mask wearing. These these signs all around us are diverting everyone's attention and keeping everyone focused on fear. So this is a huge aspect and understanding that will help to free us from being mind controlled if we keep our energy and our attention on things that matter, on things that are about nature and life and each other and our own communities and what really matters, then we're not so easily controlled. We're not so easily enslaved. So this is a bold statement. Ignorance is evil. Many of us think of ignorance as something that's sort of a negative connotation, but I'm going to take it to the next level. And I'm just going to say flat out, ignorance is evil. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Nothing in this world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. I heard many years ago a story of a woman getting beaten and raped on the side of a freeway near a bridge in a New York City where there's hundreds of cars and people driving by. No one got out of their car. No one called for help. And this woman um, was raped and beaten. And no one did anything about it. Everyone thought it was somebody else's problem or somebody else's responsibility. When we think of a crime... And there's somebody involved in that crime who's maybe not actually pulling the trigger or actually grabbing the bag of things being stolen, but they're watching it happen and they're not doing anything about it. They become an accomplice to that crime. So if there's people around you becoming enslaved or there's children that are being abused and you don't do anything about it because you choose not to, then you're on the side of evil. Evil is the destruction of freedom. So if you're allowing other human beings' freedom to be diminished or destroyed, then you're on the side of evil when you're doing that action of ignoring. So what's important is to be a conscientious and to recognize the importance of freedom and not just your own personal freedom, but the freedom of all humans and the freedom of all people. And not only people now, but the future of other human beings. And freedom itself is really what we need to be concerned with more than just humans. And that is my overarching concern, is that freedom itself is being more and more destroyed in our world. And one of the main reasons is ignorance. And people being distracted, like we talked about, in the case of where attention goes and attention flows. Now, I'm not a hypnotist, but I've spent some time looking into hypnotism. And what I've learned about hypnotism is that hypnosis is a choice. So, in other words, if you don't choose to put yourself in a situation where you're going to be hypnotized, 
you, it doesn't really happen. So in other words, you have to be watching that, that timepiece moving back and forth, or you have to be sitting in the chair open to the situation for it to work. I'll read to you, um, something I picked this off of the Mayo Clinic, which is a pretty reputable, uh, website and, um, medical institution. It says, hypnosis, also referred to as hypnotherapy or hypnotic suggestion, is a trance-like state in which you have heightened focus and concentration. Hypnosis is usually done with the help of a therapist using verbal repetition and mental images. When you're under hypnosis, you usually feel calm and relaxed and are more open to suggestions. Hypnosis can be used to help you gain control over undesired behaviors or to help you cope better with anxiety or pain. It's important to know that although you're more open to suggestion during hypnosis, you don't lose control over your behavior. So often when we think about hypnosis, we think about these fair type situations where the the uh, hypnotist is getting people to dance around like a chicken. When this occurs, the power that's being used by the hypnotist is the power of peer pressure. It puts people in a situation where they're uncomfortable. It'd be more uncomfortable to not do what everybody's expecting than to just dance around like a chicken. So people are actually in control of themselves. It's not like the hypnotist is is uh, like remote controlling into somebody's brain. So this is an important concept to understand when we're discussing mind control, because often when people think about mind control, they're thinking of this sort of magical, dreamy type situation like we see in movies, like in a Disney movie or something where somebody has magic powers, right? But it's not. It's actual, like we were talking about, being ignorant and not paying attention or just following the herd and doing what everybody else is doing without really conscientiously thinking about it. Where our attention goes, our energy flows, right? So we all experience a trance-like state. One good example of a trance-like state is when we're driving on the road and we're thinking about something. And we get so deeply into thought that we realize we've driven to the wrong place, right? This is self-hypnosis. We get so deep in thought and so concentrated and focused and so into repeating the same thing in our mind that we lose um, our conscientious ability to see what's going on in the moment. So this is a major factor of how the mind controllers are able to control people. Now this is where the spell comes in. I talked a little bit about how words in the beginning, like the words the new normal, when you put these two words together in a certain context, it takes on this whole new meaning. And this whole new meaning can surprise people. And the magic happens when we realize and recognize that words form reality. Think about anything we decide to do in this world. We often start by thinking about it, and then we then we go to discussing it, and then we do it. If we wanted to build a house, it would take communication, a lot of communication, and a lot of words to 
before we were able to actually start constructing it. So not to say that things can't be done in the real world without words, but words have an incredible power, especially when they're used in context and they affect people's emotions. Abracadabra is an interesting word to think about. This, The word abracadabra, the word is of Hebrew or Aramaic origin, being derived either from the Hebrew's words ab, father, ben, son, and ruach, hakadish, holy spirit, or from the Aramaic avracadabra, meaning it will be created in my words. Words have an incredible impact on reality. We think of a thing, and then we talk about thing, and then we're able to bring it into reality. When we put certain words together, they take on a new meaning, and that affects other people's emotions, and it can also affect other people's actions. In medieval times, people carried around this little triangle pendant you see here in the picture, and by the diminishing letters, they believed it was a way that they could break a spell when people were more entranced with the idea of magic. But magic in the real world is the ability to affect things. And when people use words, like we talked about in the beginning of this presentation, the new normal, in certain contexts, it can affect our emotions, almost like how when you wake up from a dream and you remember a whole world of things, a whole world of connections that are also connected to emotions. When we put certain words together, it has an effect on our mind, and it has an effect on the people's mind around us. This is a big part of how we get things done in the world, by using these magical words. Hence, the spell. So, the spell is not really something all that weird and far out. It really has to do with everyday words that we use, to change things and affect reality. So when we began to decode what the controllers are doing in this world, then we have a certain power to use our words to reconstruct our reality. So talk about a bit of a magician or sorcerer here. These politicians in the world have done a fantastic job with words. They're so good with words, they can lead people into doing things that are obviously wrong, like hurting others or stealing. Here's a quote from my favorite book, The End of All Evil, by Jeremy Locke. The simplest authorities are common thieves. They use extortion or stealth to confiscate things that you value. They can steal money, virtue through rape, or life through murder. By their actions... They are teaching you that your worth is inferior to theirs. The tool of their authority is violence. Interesting, isn't it, that even folks that don't believe in violence will vote in these villains and believe in the power of government or president who will sit there dropping bombs on other countries and starting wars. This picture here is of Bush, who convinced the world that there were weapons of mass destruction. Later proved there was never a such thing of weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And the strange thing I always thought was after the attacks on 9-11, the supposed attacks, which were all 
the supposed terrorists were all from other countries. They weren't even from Iraq. Why were we even invading Iraq in the first time? So many people have been looking back and doing research, and it's been proven that there never were weapons of mass destruction. And this whole war and all this death and all these bombs and all these uh, armed military people getting blown up in vehicles was all based on lies. And yet, many people, most people, still believe in these ridiculous leaders, which are a president is just a modern king. Just a modern version of a of a ruler. Somebody who thinks they have powers that other people don't. So when you look into the idea of natural law, you understand that humans don't create law. Law is a pre-existing condition of the universe. The natural law is the law of the creator, the law of the source. The law is the power that exists in everything, the source material. So it's time to stop listening to these rulers and stop being part of their violent actions. And we can do that by removing ourselves and removing our attention from what they're trying to lead us into. I'm going to share with you something from a book I recently read, a book by Larkin Rose, an amazing activist who has inspired me. His book is called The Most Dangerous Superstition. It says, In short, neither gangs nor cooperatives can ever become government unless the people believe that someone has the right to rule them. Likewise, once the people as a whole free themselves from the myth of authority, they will not need any revolution to be free. Government will simply cease to exist because the only place it has ever existed is in the minds of those who believe in the superstition of authority. Again, the politicians and the mercenaries who carry out their threats are very real, but without perceived legitimacy, they are recognized as a gang of power-happy thugs, not a government. Often when I speak with folks on a personal level about the fact that we don't need government, they, they, they're in a state of fear. They say, how would we, how would we do things without government? It, it, it's hard for them to recognize that before we had governments, people lived. If they didn't survive, we wouldn't be here today. It's almost like a technology that's gone awry. If we didn't have, um, if we didn't have pieces of paper and words, does that mean we wouldn't have a way to communicate? Surely people communicated before pencils were invented. Surely people had ways of getting things done before we had these things in place. And yet it's so hard for most to imagine a world without these, these overarching evil technologies that have been created that it's hard to see. And this is the thing that we have to do to end evil is to begin to imagine how we can go about doing things and communicating with one another without these types of control systems. So government is another one of the many facets of the way that people are controlled. And you can tell when people, like I said,
can't even imagine a world without it because they've been conditioned to recognize it as the only way that things could be. There is a better way. Here's some good questions to ask yourself and some good questions you can use in discussions with others in order to help people get past this blockade of thought that doesn't allow them to imagine a world without evil or imagine a world without authority or government. Question one, what is a right? Question two, where do rights come from? Question three, do you own your own body? And question number four, do you have a responsibility to protect rights to freedom? So where does a right come from? Is a right created from an authority? Or is a right granted by a government? That's kind of silly when you think about it. Rights are inherent. A right is any action that does not cause harm to others. We're born in this body, and it's just an inherent truth that when you come out of the womb into this world, you can move your fingers around, and you can move your eyes around, and you have the ability to move this body around. And we don't need anyone to prove that to us. We can prove it to ourselves in every moment. So a right is just using what we naturally have, the natural existence of what is. This isn't something that needs to be written down. This isn't something that needs to come from up high. It's something that we're born with. So rights come from source. Rights come from the universe, the creator, from God. You own your own body. That's yours. You're born inside of it. And you have the ability to move it around. When we live in a world now where outside authorities think that they have a right to tell you what you can do with your body. And that's asinine. That's silly. It's gotten to the point now where people are telling you what to put on your face and whether you can breathe freely or not or whether you can decide what goes into your body, telling you by force that you need to put something inside of your body, whether you want to or not. This is evil because it is a defying the natural law of the universe, which grants us the right to be free to use our own body, in our own, body, in our own mind. And this is where responsibility comes in. You have the ability to respond to things, like I described before, of all the people on the freeway watching a crime happen and not doing anything about it, expecting it to be somebody else's problem or somebody else's responsibility. You have a responsibility to protect your own freedom. That's called the principle of self-defense. You also have a right to, pr to protect the rights of other people around you. As being a human being, if you don't protect the rights to freedom of other people, which is the right to choose what you want to do or what you want to think, then you're also diminishing that freedom for everybody else by allowing authority to mandate or force people into doing things a certain way, you're part of the evil because you're breaking down the freedom for all and the future of all, all other beings. So 
contemplate on these questions, use these questions and conversations to help other people understand what freedom means is the ability to choose, the ability to choose what you want to do. As long as you're not hurting others or harming others, you have a right to do whatever you please. That's the natural law. Let's look at some examples of the way people think about mind control. In the fictional world, when you bring up mind control, people imagine this Vulcan mind meld like we see here where it's Spock, you know, putting his hands on someone's face and being able to go into their brain and actually manipulate and change things. This is kind of what I think many people think about from watching so many movies and television shows. And that's a big part of the distraction process that gets people conditioned to be mind-controlled. When in actual reality, the way that mind-control works is by fear. We can see here a picture of a police officer with this with his emblem on his hat and his star on his shirt, these these symbols of authority and power. And here you are, or the person in the car sitting there feeling full of fear. This is how mind control actually works, using fear and using these systems of control to coerce you into doing things their way. It's a subtle trickery that's been going on for a long time and that does not make it right just because it's been going on long for going on for a long time and because many people accept it does not make it okay in actuality stealing is stealing and when someone pulls you over and forces you to pay them for whatever their reason that's a form of extortion and if they're part of a group that all wear the same colors and the same shirts and the same symbols they're a gang and when a gang steals from an individual, that's called gang extortion. And that is a good example of mind control because it puts the average person in a state of fear and it uh, it forces them to do as they're told when what they should do is defend themselves. So let's think a little bit more about mob rule. What do you think of when I say mob rule? Well, most people imagine pictures, as I've shown here, of like a gang of people on motorcycles or or these thugs with machine guns and, um, and masks. That's funny that masks used to be thugs, but now it's everyone. This is what we think of when we talk about gang mentality or mob rule. And this has been conditioned in our minds to think this way when the truth is what mob rule and gang mentality really look like is this. People all dressed up the same costume, all getting paid from stolen money that's been extorted from the average person. And what is scarier, really? Some small gangs that might even fight with each other or huge gangs that are owned by one central smart source of elites who are mind-controlling the public. When we look at the book or the movie The 1984 by George Orwell, we see an overarching control where one mob rules the whole world. And this is quickly where we're headed in the current situation, where we see scenes like this in every city, even in the United States, which was formerly thought to be a free country. But now we can see how the military can march in at any moment 
and the police officers are very much like a military unit, um, quickly coming in and treating the public as if they own them like slaves. And that is the situation we're in, is a situation of slavery because we accept mob rule and gang mentality. Another way that people are mind-controlled, like I just described in getting pulled over by a police officer, is by the threat of violence. This is what I'm going to call rule by fear. When you see the cops marching down the street throwing smoke bombs, or when you see a picture of a jail cell, it puts fear into your mind and your heart. This is a threat of violence. If someone was really good on the side of good, why would they need to threaten others with violence? Why would they need to instill fear in other people's mind? If there were people just doing what they want to do from day to day, making dealings, trading, doing their work, they don't need to threaten one another. They don't need to rule others by fear. This is only done by people that want to enslave other people. And these things need to be done away with. If we want to have a world without evil, then we would have to not accept those who choose to threaten others with violence and those who choose to rule by fear. It, it was a hard thing for me to really accept when I came to realize that jail itself is not a good way to deal with problems. There are better ways. There are more creative ways. They are going to require using our imagination. These changes aren't going to happen overnight if we wanted a different world without evil, but it's going to start by us recognizing the truth of what's going on. When we really look at what these words mean, like violence and fear, and rulership, we can look at these pictures and retrain our brain to understand what these words actually mean. Look at the power of words. We were taught the opposite of this in school and growing up. We were conditioned to look at these words and look at these pictures as meaning basically the opposite of what they are, which is why I brought up the important concept and principle of polarity in the beginning of the slideshow. Now you can see how that works. And in 2020, a whole new type of mind control has employed. In every grocery store, in every shopping center, pounding out of every gas station speaker, we have this repetition and focus on prevent the spread, wear your mask, stay six feet apart. All these type of propaganda are putting fear into people's minds. I'm not saying that there's no such thing as a virus. I'm not saying that at all. However, why does why do we have to use fear to convince people to be careful? And how do we know that these these um, pre-made solutions actually work? Because for, for many of us, when we think common sense, none of these prevention methods actually make much sense. What would make more sense to deal with a situation with a virus or a sickness is to get ourselves feeling really healthy and work together on doing more exercise and getting more sun and spending more time with other human beings and laughing 
and being in a state where we're not in fear because the state of fear puts you in a place where your immune system is compromised. But using repetition and focus is one of the tools of the mind controllers. And this is one that's become very obvious. And we would all see it if we were not so conditioned to accept this as being normal. Like I said, the new normal is a contextual word spell that allows people to fall for the opposite of the truth, which is the situation we're in. Another way that people are controlled in this world is through their health, through their ownership of their health. I used a picture here of all these pills because it's the perfect, look at, they look like candy. They look yummy, right? Every uh, commercial on television for pharmaceuticals is always telling you to go tell your doctor what, what pill you need, right? A simple solution to all your problems. Here we have it. And the scary thing about that when you think about it is that one pill leads to another pill, and one and that pill leads to another pill. And the corporations who are pumping out these pharmaceuticals are making money off of every pill that's sold. So does a corporation have a heart or a soul or a mind? Does it really care about the individuals? Does it really care about their health? Or does it care about owning their health? There were times before we had pharmaceutical companies and all these pills and vaccines, and people survived using herbs from the forest or shamans or working together. And maybe you might think people didn't live along, but there are stories in history of people living well over a 100 years in places in the world like Okinawa where people have never been to a hospital and never, ever used a single pill. It's possible. This is conditioning that allows us to think that we need these things. And I'm not saying there aren't any good inventions. I'm not saying there aren't a such thing as good medical, modern medical devices. However, what we need to recognize is that there is an overarching control system in place that wants to own your health. And that's part of the slavery that's keeping people in the state they're in. One of the oldest institutions that's holding people back from being free is known as the Prussian Education Citizen Training System. Many people don't know that the modern schooling system here in America was brought here from what was formerly known as the Prussian Education, which was a citizen training system designed to teach people how to be the perfect citizen and to follow orders. We can see the hats of the graduates, the squares, is an important thing to notice here. Even the symbols that are used in school are part of a subversive system of indoctrinating people into following orders, into staying inside of the box. Why is it so important for children to stand in lines? I ask you this. Why? Does it standing in a line really promote education? No, it promotes being obedient and doing as you're told and preparing to follow orders. And I'm not saying there aren't good teachers in the world. Many of us have been affected by awesome people 
who put their hard work and energy into trying to teach others. But the system itself was created by people that are trying to mind control the public and create the perfect citizen. So this is another of the many ways that people became conditioned to fall for these modern tricks. Another big one is religious dogmatic belief systems. And this goes back to what I was talking about with the polarity. Inside of every religious system, there's truth, the importance of love, the golden rule that everything we do matters. However, when we attach these basic principles to all these other ideas, like what you can do on a certain day of the week, or what you should eat or what you shouldn't eat, or a stories, stories that may or may not have happened, we get dogmatic belief systems. And these dogmatic belief systems all through history have led to death and wars and the killing of many people and the trickery of the masses and used to control people. It's hard to accept, especially if you grew up in a religious system. You, Your emotions and your heart are wrapped up in these belief systems. However, in order to become free individuals and free people or a free community, we have to break away from these dogmatic belief systems and take with us the core understandings of what matters. And inside these books, there are great wisdom to be held. You know, the Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, any of these books have wisdom within them that we can decipher. However, we have to not allow ourselves to be fallen for the dogma. And the dogma and the system is the part of it that is controlling the minds of the public. In the modern day and age, we're dealing with constant distractions. There's screens all around us. Anyone who's a parent is constantly battling with how to get their kids off these screens and into the real world. This is sort of a more recent development in the last 20, 30 years. But even since the TV um, we've had this issue of constant distractions. And this goes back to what I talked about hypnotism and where energy goes, where energy flows. When we're constantly distracted, we can't really be conscientious. We can't really be in the moment. We become ignorant. And ignorance is evil. So if there's something important going on outside your window and you're distracted and you're watching one of these screens or playing a game and outside your window somebody's being beaten or robbed and you don't have the ability to respond, you don't, you're not being responsible. You're being distracted and you're being ignorant. And that is evil. Evil is the opposite of good. It's the destruction of freedom. So we can see there's so many ways that the controllers of this world have chosen and used and employed over the years to condition us to be distracted. And one of the most important concepts to understand is the idea of propaganda. Propaganda is a tool that's used before every war. Before the weapons ever come out, the propaganda comes out first. Here we see a bunch of people holding a sign that says, the CIA owns everyone of any significance in the major media. And that was said by a former CIA director, William Colby. 
Operation Mockingbird was a fully implemented CIA program to spread disinformation throughout American media. CIA Director William Colby testified to the Church Committee that over 400 CIA agents were active in the U.S. media to control what was reported through American mainstream television, newspapers, and magazines. And imagine how much that program has expanded in today's world when we see every single news channel spouting the exact same narrative. You can go on YouTube and see people who have taken clips from from media stations all over the country, all over the world, and they're all reading from the exact same script. And you don't think that there are deep state involvement behind these scripts? Don't be naive. What type of fool do you want to be? The type of fool who's easily misled and gullible? Or the type of fool who's open-minded and adventurous and idealist? The last facet I'm going to discuss involving the mind control of human beings is the Tesseract. I've gone into much greater detail in the End Evil video presentation series on episode 5, and you can see my work on endevil.life on this subject. But the Tesseract is a very interesting archetypal symbol that is used to control the minds of people. When we take the square and we put a square onto another square, we have a container for people's mind. The four-dimensional cube is used in many ways. You see it on the stop sign. You see it on the hats of the police officers. You see it on the hats of the graduates. We don't realize how these shapes and symbols affect us because they go back in time in our human psyche and and genes to ancient times. Yet the mind controllers of this world are extremely adept at using these symbols to keep us confused and to keep us lost and trapped. There's much more to learn about this symbology and other shapes as well, but I'm just touching on some of the basic different facets of the way mind control is used in the modern world. And I want to leave you before I cut out today with one important thought, and that is disobey. Here we see the man with the cigar saying, Imagine taking orders from liars, thieves, pedophiles, psychopaths, and mass murderers, and thinking that you're the most virtuous, you're more virtuous than those who disobey. Disobey is part of the self-defense principle, and it's our way of battling the evil in the world today, is by making up our own mind and being conscientious. By being we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to be fools at times. But we can be the type of fools that are paying attention to what's going on around us and quickly maneuver and quickly sidestep and don't fall for traps. We can be aware of the traps and we can recognize how words are being used and how they're being used together and how words that didn't get used to used together are all of a sudden now being put together in a different way and creating a different context, which affects our emotions. We can use our intelligence and we can disobey authority. And that is one of the main ways that we will get out of slavery as human beings.
So this is the end of my slide presentation and the end of this show. I want to um, thank you for hanging out with me tonight, and I appreciate you coming. I'll be back next Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. That's 9 p.m. Eastern. And I'm going to do another show. I'll be streaming live on Twitch and the One Great Work Network. And I'm going to talk more about morality. This series is called Morality Matters because what else matters more than morality? It is the key to a better world. So check out my website and evil.life. Check out the N Evil presentation series. And check out the work of Mark Passio on whatonearthishappening.com. And the Natural Law Seminar is a good place to start. So, keep in mind, evil is the destruction of freedom. Have a good night, folks. Thanks for coming.